welcome Mr. Lloyd Girardi to the Business Growth Show. Not the Business Growth Show, the Growth Show. I've just remembered I changed my name. Um, so you're you're the first of many, I hope, uh, in terms of this podcast. Um, so we've got a series of guests lined up over the next few weeks um, and months as well um, with a kind of strategy of identifying business owners that have what, what's the Drake song? Started from the bottom, now we're here. And I was, I was about to say that you, you're picking, <laughs> you're starting from the bottom, are you? And working your way up now? <laughs> no, no, no. I meant that in a positive way, in all that you've yeah, achieved. Yeah. So, yeah, w- welcome along, Lloyd. Thanks for thanks for joining us today. Um, by way of background, we've known each other for what four, four, five years, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, we worked together on a, a few a few transactions today. Um, you've introduced some clients to us, and yeah, we were on a on a call the other day on that new app, which name, name I've forgotten. <laughs> Clubhouse. Yeah. Clubhouse. That one. That one. Too. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're embracing technology. Um, so yeah, really, really, the, the 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 purpose of this as a a new format and a new podcast for me personally is to. Yeah, introduce yourself first of all, and then we'll get into you know a little bit about your background um, and the things that you spend your time doing, and also also one of the keywords that is you know constantly re- repetition for me is focus and yeah how you kind of manage the separate bits of business that I know you have going on at any one time. So yeah, over to you. I've, I've as I mentioned just offline, I've got a copy of your book here, so I've been doing doing a bit of bit of pre-research um but yeah I'd, I'd be interested in in you know how you would explain what you do and how you got to where you are today yeah no perfect well thanks for uh, inviting me on it's a pleasure to be the the first guest i suppose so i i take it that's you thought of me first um, of course, which is of course which is which is always good um, but no it's, it's good to be on uh, and just as an update and a, a bit of a a brief on who I am. So I'm Lloyd Girardi. I co-found uh, a few companies as well with my business partner, Andy Cook. Um, but the, the biggest company we've got at the moment is White Box Property Solutions, which is a, uh, a training business, which we teach people how to get started in property developing. Um, it's something that I'm very passionate about because it's something that I did from the start as well. So to take you back to 2014, uh, myself and Andy started property developing Um, We started with a plot of land that we had no idea what to do with. Uh, We didn't know how to buy it to start with. We didn't have any money to do that. Um, But we just had a passion and a desire to become property developers. And we learned the hard way by doing it. And I suppose it wasn't really the hard way because we were doing it as we learned. Um, But we learned from a lot of mistakes we made, which the reason we're doing the training now is we don't want people to learn that way because it can cost you a lot and it can go wrong if you really get it wrong so the training came from just teaching people how we started because we started with nothing we're now working at uh, a portfolio of about 25 million and that's in the last seven years uh, as the the day of this uh, recording so it's been crazy it's been a, a, a really amazing last seven years but it's completely different to what I was doing before um, but it's what I've always wanted to do. So it's a passion of mine now and I absolutely love it. And, and for those that don't know, Lloyd's got some of the, the toys of a, a successful property developer as well. So is it the Ferrari in the garage, the Aston Martin, any, any others? Yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm a car fan, um, big Formula One fan as well. But growing up as a kid, I've 
I just desired Ferraris. I just loved the idea. And I never thought it'd be a, a, a dream come true, I suppose. Um, and it was, in fact, just over 14 months ago, I, I purchased the Ferrari 360. Yeah. Um, it just popped up on my feed. And I thought, you know what, well, time's right now. I've been looking at them for maybe two or three years. Um, and I thought, actually, no, the time's right. Let's let's do it while I can. Um, yeah, and I purchased the Ferrari last year. And then July 2020, um, I got the Aston Martin Rapide. So it's replaced the, that's the family car. That's the four-door. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's I, I always keep looking at Auto Trader for the next thing, though. What? Quite a transition to go from you were a light, lighting salesman, then you've become a property developer, um, and then you, 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 you've built a training business alongside that. So can you explain, you know, that, that thing of buying the first development site? And I was, this is the bit of the, the, the book that I was just up to was you were at the auction and in your words, you were shitting yourself and Andy had to bid, yeah. bid on your behalf. How, how did you find yourself in that position in terms of not having the capital alongside you? But secondly, in addition to that, um, having that confidence that you knew that you were doing the right thing. Because that, that's, a, you know, t- t- even for me personally, sometimes making those jumps, it's a huge jump. How, how did yeah. you go about that and give yourselves the confidence you were doing the right thing? Well, to tie in with this, this uh, interview as well, and obviously the growth um, of, of people, a lot of I look up to a lot of people as well, um, like really successful business people. But what I really want to know is how they got there, because um, a lot of people see what they're yeah. doing, but not necessarily see what they've done. So they always see it as it's impossible to achieve. Um, so you look at Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world. He's going to be the first trillionaire. He didn't start Amazon by what it is now. He started by just in a little office with a book and selling books. And it's all about growth and every business has grown so for me when i first started i didn't think i would be doing property developing i didn't think i'd be doing uh driving around in a ferrari and aston martin now it's it's everything is like open doors you kind of do something and something else happens and then you take that opportunity the saying that we've got that me and andy talk about pretty much daily is activity creates opportunity if you are actively trying to better yourself things will happen um but taking those opportunities even if it looks like You've gone down a path and it doesn't look like it's going to work um it, w- there will be something from that that will get then lead to something else uh, and something else so mm. before i sort of go into that i just wanted to explain that i'm reading a book at the moment by matthew mcconaughey which is about green lights okay. and that's that's basically him saying that every opportunity he's had in the past good or bad has always led to what he's doing now so everything leads yep. to progression as long as you are progressing and you think about it in a positive way um, so for me, yeah. as a kid, I've always been positive, always been thinking uh, positively. Uh, I always wanted my own business. I always wanted to do something for myself. I just never knew what I wanted to do. And throughout school, all my friends went to uni. They were all signing the forms to, to like go to university. And I don't know what it was inside me. I just did not want to fill that form in. I didn't want to go to university. Um, even though peer pressure was telling me to, parents were saying, look, go to university because that's the best thing. That's what society probably wants you to do. But internally, I think because I am a, I guess I am an entrepreneur, I, I, I just felt that I didn't want to do that. What I wanted to do is go traveling. So I went traveling in 2004, 2005 and 
all the way through travels i had this travel journal i kept writing like business ideas down of what i'm going to do when i get home because i always wanted to have my own business and that's kind of where it started and i came back home and a lot of people can relate to this i'm sure i ended up getting a job because my mum said look you've basically i went traveling with i saved up about four grand to go traveling i worked when i was out there i spent everything i earned i spent everything i saved and i came back with nothing so mum's like right you've got to get a job you can't do anything um otherwise so I, i've got a job at taylor wimpy uh, where she worked so she helped me get a, a job as a uh, in a show home selling houses and uh, I, I quite enjoyed that because it was kind of me on my own in this office as an 18 year old selling uh, selling houses and i had to work my own day out so i think early on i was very um codependent i had to had to sort of work uh, or individually dependent so I had to work myself um, I did that for about six months then went to work for a mortgage broker uh, which was 2007 uh, things happened obviously in 2007 uh, the company actually got taken over before the recession hit and we got made redundant so kind of looking back in hindsight it was, it was probably a good thing um, then I went to work for a lighting company and I just kept going from job to job and job and the whole passion of starting a business faded uh, it completely went out the window I, I kind of lost all hope for it because yeah, I, I'm stuck in a job now. Um, and I was always being told, look, get a company car, get security, get income. And as much as I did that to satisfy the people around me, I just knew internally it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, and I just constantly just worked. I, I worked my ass off for that company or those companies, but to receive the same amount of money every time. And for me, that internally, I was like, I need to do something different. And, it wasn't until the 4th of November, 2013, that my dad passed away with a brain tumor. And I, I remember that day thinking, I, I need to do something like this is, um, and you hear a lot of people talking about these moments. And this for me was the moment I thought I need to do, so. that was the inspiration I needed. Mm. Um, and it seems weird saying that it's an, it was an inspiration on that, that circumstance, but it inspired me to actually do something with my life. And well, I guess, I guess, I guess, part of that is kind of realizing one's mortality, and and you know, obviously, there's, there's lots of people that are thinking about these things at the moment, and I think, yeah, absolutely, using something, you know, there's two ways that you can go when something, you know, tragic like that happens, um, yeah. and you you can, you know, use it to inspire you or destroy you, and some people go go either way, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I use it to inspire me. And on that, that um, same thing, my sister went completely the other way. It, it affected her mentally and she's a lot better now. And she's, but she's been through the whole process and I'm, I'm tr I tried helping her throughout that um, just to keep her, her spirits up, keep her thinking positively. Um, but yeah, same, same person, two different people who kind of affected differently. But um, for for me, I took it in the inspirational way. I took it positively and thought, right, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. Um, 56 days later, after my dad died, my granddad died. So it was kind of a double whammy for me. And I'm like, they say 13 is an unlucky number. This was 2013. So it kind of was, yeah. but I saw that and thought, well, both those opportunities that like, that is, that is a green light. That is something that I need to go and pursue. So I said to Andy, who is my cousin, uh, my wife's cousin, um, he had his own business I said look i want to start a business how do you, how do you start a business and that for me was the first thing to change my my, my life now mm. um and he gave me a few tips and the business i wanted to do was lighting because that is what i was doing i was selling led lights and that's what i knew 
So I think the, the obvious thing for a lot of people is to go from something they're doing now or working for other people and set up a rival company. That's, that's normally the way when um, you change jobs or you change uh, a career or do something for yourself. Um, so I was talking to Andy about that and I set up the business. I had it all ready. I had one, in fact, I had two customers, my hairdressers took a load of LED lights and replaced them. And then my, uh, the architect over the road, I put some lights on the outside of his building. Um, but it didn't really go anywhere other than that because at that time Andy was looking into property and it was then that Andy basically came to me and said, look, I know you're looking to start a business. Um, I actually helped him install the lighting for his house. So right. he knew kind of how I work. So that's kind of why he, he spoke to me because everything you do, if you give it your all all the time, um, people notice that. So I was creative at that time and I helped him sort of install the lights. I helped him design the lighting for his house. Um, and he saw something in me um, and he approached me and said, I want to start property investing. I've got these two free tickets to this three-day seminar. I don't, know, I don't have a clue what it's about. Um, but why don't you come along and we'll see if we can work together and do some property. Mm. And the whole idea in 2014 was actually to just start investing in property, become investors. We were going to go down the whole line of buying a, a single buyer to let, uh, renting it out, getting the money back, doing a HMO. Uh, even I didn't know what HMOs were until I went on that three day. I just didn't know anything about property investing. Um, and the three days completely blew my mind. And that was the inspiration I needed to say this is exactly the business I want to start doing um, and even then I didn't know I was going to be developing that kind of over the next two weeks after that three days me and Andy spoke to each other and said right, you've got a construction company or as Andy had a construction company why why don't we build our own portfolio why can't we use your company to build property to then keep and we didn't know that existed we didn't know you could um, so it was kind of a just a theory and at start um, Andy had found a plot of land in Northampton, kind of where we're based. Mm. And he said, well, yeah, it had planning for eight houses. So let's just see if we can do it. Um, we went to the auction, uh, three weeks time. All right, let's, let's do it. Let's go for it. And we spent like three weeks just looking at this plot of land with no money. We didn't know how to buy it. We didn't know where to buy it, or what to use. We didn't know what to do once we bought it. We just knew we, we needed to do something. And, and so at, at that point in time, were you employed by somebody else as well? Or because that, that even from a personal perspective, that transition of, you know, having ideas about doing your own thing, having your own business and making that transition. For me personally, that was a really difficult transition. And I, I kind of failed a couple of times and had to go back into, you know, what I describe as the confines of work and then, gradually moved out to you know more and more doing my own things and you know less and less under under someone else's um paycheck i suppose so yeah. so w w were you employed by somebody else or you'd done the lighting thing and that give you had given you enough to kind of make make through and then this property development was was the, the kind of catapult is how, how did that transition work no as so i was still employed by right. um my other my employer and um, so the the business I wanted to start and the lighting business I started, it was two customers. There's probably about 200 pound profit in it. Um, mm. just cause I needed to, I wanted to get started, but that didn't work out. It didn't start, didn't do anything. Um, so I was still employed full time. So I had to yep. do this property stuff 
in the evenings. I had to do it in the in the weekends. I just had to make time for what I wanted to do. Um, and it was unfair on the company I was working for as well because my passion had gone anyway since my dad died. Um, I just had this new new light and new desire to do something else. So I said to them, it took me about nine months actually to, to uh, leave, but I, I still worked hard for them, but mm. I just didn't have the passion to, do, to carry it on. So when the time was right and we started development, I said, look, I, I can't. I can't do this and that at the same time. So, um, unfortunately, I've, I've got to I've got to leave. Um, but yeah, I, I've sort of made that step and made that transition uh, quite early on, uh, and that's a lot of people would would fear losing the income. Of course, uh, and I did. It's, it's, I had... it's challenging, isn't it? It's that fit that you know that jumping in with two feet. It's it's probably the most difficult thing that you can ever do because it, it's completely, you're out of your comfort zone, you're out of your depth. It's exhilarating and it's exciting, but yeah. you know, if you fuck it up, you know, yeah. I mean, the reality is if you're resilient enough and persistent enough, something will come of it. And even if it doesn't, you know, you, you kind of, you know, you, you, you go back to, back to, back to, back to paid employment for a period of time, reconvene and, and come back you know it doesn't that's what was always in my it was always in my mind and not in an arrogant way but I I knew I was employable I knew I could get a Mm. job if it all went wrong um Mm. but I had I kind of had a lot of sleepless nights thinking I need to quit to grow the business but I can't quit because I need the money it was real there was just so much going through my head and this was months of thinking this actually rather than like a few sleepless nights this was months of me thinking I need to quit I need to I need to do it but um, and I think it's that whole fight or flight. Like when, when you are struggling and you need money, you will find money. Whereas someone that's got a five grand a month income and quite happy in a corporate job, they're not. They don't need to find money. They're not that desperate to need to go and find it. Even if someone's challenged them to go and find five hundred pound, they wouldn't because they're like, oh, I don't need to. But someone that needs to will do everything they can to possibly get it. So yeah. I think taking that leap actually makes you it makes you a better not better person it just makes you um, be creative and makes you get out and do something so if anyone is listening to this and on the thing I'm not saying just jump and do it but don't be afraid to do it and it as long as you've got some sort of plan or some sort of um, determination to do something you, you'll be okay and I, I describe it as the levels of hustle yeah you've got you've got your comfort level which is down here and then you know when when you when you've got to do it you know all of a sudden you know you pull out all the stops and you do whatever you can to absolutely get it get get these things over the line okay yeah if you're prepared to hustle when you've got nothing um and you carry on hustling you'll you'll create wealth yeah yeah well you hope so (laughs) yeah yeah hard work pays off even if over time you lose deals and things and you go into other projects and over time it will it will be good i'm sure and well I, and I, I i i agree with that 100 percent. and i think it's about f- being able to take that longer term view that kind of the vision approach in terms of this is what i'm trying to achieve as opposed to i want to do this deal and it's it's making yeah. it about that bigger picture albeit that deal may be crucial to you if it doesn't happen or that transaction or whatever it might be but it's being able to take that longer term vision so that you're you're focused on that clear end goal, which we'll come on to that in terms of what your 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 guys' objectives are at the moment. And I know that you've 
you know, you, you both made lots of changes in terms of health and fitness and all that stuff. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but also from a business perspective, because, um, yeah, for, for me personally, it's about getting oneself healthy, feeling good, feeling happy. And then you can really focus in a much more productive way as opposed to, you know, being down the pub every night with your mates. Obviously, we can't do that at the moment, but that kind of that kind of, you know, less, less, less uh, productive lifestyle, should we say? Yeah. Um, so, so you got you got your first deal. Um, so you, you you secured it at auction. Then you ran ran around desperately trying to raise the try, trying to raise the money from from people to to acquire it. How how was that? That must have been an incredibly stressful time. Uh, it was. It was. It was nerve wracking. But I think during I don't know. Thinking back, I don't think I was that nervous about it. But I think it's because I was too naive. Um, I didn't know that things could really go wrong or something. I knew that if you couldn't pay in, in auction, you lose the deposit and things. But it was kind of like, well, if I lose, and it was 16 grand that Andy actually put down because I didn't have any money anyway. So part of me thought, well, that's Andy's money. <laughs> I knew that I'd knew that i have to find like half of that to pay him back or something. Yeah. But I knew that I could like just by even that little bit of starting a business uh, lighting before I knew that I could then go and find customers and do something to work on so I always had that belief that if things didn't work out I could I could work to pay the money back or I could work to do something um, so for me I, it was never it wasn't as nervous as I thought it was but it was still hard work so I had to find or me and Andy had to find um, £157,000 so in, in six you, weeks is that or 20 no, four weeks Four weeks, yeah. Yeah, so we had four weeks to find £157,000. Um, Andy had enough to put the deposit down at auction, so 10%, so he had about 16 grand in the in the business account, which he could he could put down. But he needed that back, so we had to find all the money. We had, And what this three-day had taught us is you find the deal, the money would follow. And we thought, well, okay, we believe that. Let's go and do it. And we, we found the deal. We purchased it at auction. Um, I mean, if we could have kicked that auction down the road six months when we were ready, um, we would have, but we weren't. Um, but I think you're always ready. You're always, you have to just be ready now. Um, and we had to go in and find the money. So the, the process was asking family, friends, people that knew us, um, because a lot of the time it's trust and experience that people want. Well, I didn't have any experience, but I was leveraging Andy at that time. He had the build experience. Um, and I just kept asking people if they're interested in investing and it was scary asking for people for money because yeah, people see it as a taboo subject money but you can't go a day without thinking about it you can't go a day without spending something um so you for, for me it was it was tough but we managed to get a family friend to invest fifty thousand pounds um which when when he agreed that was just like oh wow this this does work you can do something mm. so we purchased a plot of land um, with 50,000, but we still had two weeks to find the rest of the money. So we actually ended up getting a bridging loan uh, for right. the rest of it, uh, which was done in, I think, 15 days, which was yeah incredibly quick, uh, which is which is what a bridging <laughs> loan can do. But it was really, really quick, um, fortunately. Um, but yeah, we didn't know that we didn't even before we purchased and agreed to purchase, we didn't even know what a bridging loan was. So that's kind of 
if you know what a bridging loan is, you're uh, more advantaged than me and Andy when we first started. Um, we actually naively, we looked at each other and was like, well, surely we need a garage in line. We just bought 22 garages. It's not a bridge we've bought. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's uh, yeah, how naive we were back then. But um, from that, it, it all started and we, we ended up buying the plot of land, uh, 50,000 investor and the rest on a bridging loan. Uh, and then we paid that bridging loan off within three months with other people's money uh, on loans to me and Andy up to the value of about 160 grand. So we ended up borrowing all the money to buy the land from private investors. Uh, and then having had all the money for that, we got 100% development finance from Funding Circle to build the project. Um, mm. And yeah, it, it, I say it went smoothly. It was it had its ups and downs, it had its challenges, but the process was fairly simple when you look back on it and so you you got that one across the line have you retained those units or did you sell those ones no so because we wanted to be property investors at the beginning yeah. um throughout the build and a little bit before the build we said well surely we could keep these at the end why if we build this why can't we why can't we keep them and what we thought back then again um we thought you had to get eight individual mortgages because we were building eight houses right uh, so we had we thought we had eight individual buy-to-let mortgages on these units. And it wasn't after speaking to a few brokers and talking to people and networking that we found out you could get a, uh, a commercial mortgage. I mean, these terms now are very simple and a lot of people listening to this and watching this would probably think, well, that's normal. But we didn't know that back then. So even for us starting, um, we got a commercial finance or commercial mortgage with uh, Shawbrook, who yeah. you and I know but very well and they're, they're a great company to work with. And yeah, they, they, they gave us the money for a longer term project, uh, um, mortgage on it, which we created a value of about 1.2 million pounds. And we'd spent about 810,000 pounds in total. So we, right. we actually got a 75% loan to value mortgage on yep. that, that block, uh, which was 890,000 pounds. So we paid off all of our investors, all their interests, all of Funding Circle and their interest. Um, and what we were left with is 80,000 pound in the bank. We were left with um, a mortgage of 890,000 pounds, which was probably about 3,200 pound a month. Uh, but the, the rent we were getting in now was about six and a half thousand. So we kind of turned a plot of land that was uh, 22 derelict garages into uh, a net income per month of about three grand, three and a half grand. So that, that, I guess, is almost kind of financial independence at that point yeah, in time from one transaction. I was earning £1,500 a month. So for me, having half of that, that was my, that replaced my income straight away mm. uh, without yeah. having to go out and drive around the country and work and sell lights and, and hustle on that side. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they, you, the term passive income is banded around in property investing a lot. Mm. Um, and it wasn't passive, but it was a lot more passive than driving around the country selling lights, I tell you. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So, so you did that one and then did, did you then have a kind of period of reflection on that deal or did you get straight into the next one after, after that was completed? Yeah, halfway through that deal, we, we found another one. So we always teach people that the, the first deal is always going to be hardest um, purely because everything's new. Um, you've got to try and build that credibility up. You've got to build that track record up. But we were doing this one deal now. And the one thing we had is we had track record, even though it was maybe six months into a build, 
people could see we were doing stuff um, and they could see that what we what we promised at the beginning uh, was reality and what we were doing. So we, a couple of um, Vandy's contacts, actually, they worked in uh, an estate agency and he said, oh, there's a, there's a plot of land in your hometown that is for sale if you're interested. And we looked at it and yeah, we, we looked at the figures and we thought, well, it seems to work based on what we're doing now. Even though we haven't proved the model, we, we thought, well, it seems to work. We, we seem to be building this all right. We seem to be doing things okay. So uh, let's do it. Let's wait until we finish this project and we'll start that one. So I agreed on a delayed completion um, and it didn't actually work out like that. We had to end up purchasing it in uh, about six months before um, we actually started it. But even then we, we went on to the second project straight after the first project build-wise. Um, so it was, it was good. And this one had planning as well. So this was for um, 11 houses. So you, you, you were taking planning risk on both of those, were you, or was that? Uh, the was first it? one, yes, but it had lapse right. planning. Right, um, okay. So, yeah, we bought auction. We had no money. We had no knowledge. We had no experience, no time. Uh, we had no planning. We didn't have a lot, but we had desire. We had a passion to do something, and that's, yeah, that, that's, we had inspiration as well, and this is kind of what this, this um, interview is about as well, is to inspire someone to do something as well. Oh, uh, 100%. But yeah, we, we took a risk, massive risk, I suppose. But I always knew in the back of my head that it's a risk worth taking. I didn't have any money anyway, so if it all went wrong, I'm back to where I was. Mm. Yeah, okay. And so to fast forward to now, the portfolio of 25 million, did you say? 25 million, but to clarify some of those, they're not built yet. So I don't want to say that's what we've built and that's what we've got. Um, sure. They are... Um, sites in planning so one of them's worth about six million once built um right. so it's a project we own we own the site we own the land and we are building it out so it's within that but yeah 25 million of, of property um acquired finished completed yeah interesting so you you've obviously expanded things up and you and i obviously worked on a, a couple of financings um on the way um and so you've retained all the units that you've built and I've seen on social media, you've been posting about the, there's, there's a project in Northampton where you're converting a factory that looks, looks like fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that, is that the biggest one today or? Uh, unit wise. Yeah. Um, in yeah. fact, yeah. Unit wise in flats. Yes. Uh, we've right. done a 31 bed HMO, um, right. but units, this is 24 flats um gdb value is about 3.3 million okay um but this actually is a joint venture with a couple of students we taught so we okay. taught them how to become developers they're still full-time uh employed by well, one's a dentist one's an it uh specialist and yeah they went out and found the, the project as we teach um, but what they needed was the track record of experience from a development point of view because you know, I know that trying to jump into a 24 flat conversion from scratch, the lenders, they want to see that you've got track record and experience to do that. So we would, we basically gave them that track record um, and we're doing the deal together and we're working it through. And to be honest, it's not going to be the best deal we've done. Um, okay. The figures aren't, aren't the best that we're looking at, but it's, it's helping them progress and they then have track record to do a deal themselves. Um, and it's also helping our build company continue to do some work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And in, in terms of 
obviously at, at a certain point you began initially I, I should imagine it was kind of informally training people you've gradually built up your um, white box training training company and yeah you know I've, I've spoken at some of your events in the past and seen you know i know know a number of your 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 clients on that front it's obviously been been a been a good success and so how, how did that kind of transition come around in terms of formalizing that business and creating that into a separate brand is it and, and I, the other question on that as well is how do you kind of um segment your time is it andy runs a construction side and you run that how, how does that work yeah so um we never thought we'd start a training company. We never, that was never the intention, uh, intention from the beginning. It came kind of naturally. So when we did that first site and uh, the community that we were in, the, the people we were talking to, the network events we went to, a lot of those were doing buy-to-lets and HMOs and a few flips. Um, and we just jumped straight in. So the fact we jumped in with eight houses, brand new, first project we kind of got noticed we kind of people were thinking well how how have you done that I'm trying to work my way up to doing that and you've just come straight in and done it and like well <laughs> yeah I said so we got noticed a lot of people started asking us well, how do you how do you do that deal how did you become a developer straight away and we're like well just like this and we just explained how we did it um Andy used to sort of invite people to the site so well look, come to the site I'll show you and we we're, we're very much we learned ourselves so we thought well the best way to help others is to teach them and just show them how we've done it um and one of the things we've done right from the beginning is just just be honest and open with people uh, we have only started in 2014 but we've done a hell of a lot since mm. and the training company started in uh, 2015 and the first ever course we ran was just explaining how we did that one deal and how we acquired it how we got the finance who we went to how we raised that money so probably two, two hours was spent on actually how we rate, how we managed to find an investor to give us 50 grand because that's all we knew. So that was 2015. And obviously you talk about growth, you talk about business growth as well. Our first ever course was I think 900 pound for two people. So 450 quid each, but we basically, we did it over a Saturday, Sunday and we just explained how we did that one deal. We had um, the, the broker in from, um, the, the funding circles, the one that got the loan for us, he came and explained who funding circle was and how you can get finance through them and other people. And we just broke down that deal and, and taught people from there. And then every course since has just gradually got uh, bigger, better, the knowledge in there. And now we're doing, uh, at peak, we did six consec uh, consecutive sites at a go. Um, we, we kind of, we kind of know how to do developments now it's uh, and, and again it's we, we haven't come from generations of people doing developments we haven't come from a load of money so a lot of people can relate to more of how we started because we did start from the beginning um and we only teach people how we've done stuff and what works and what we teach people what does what doesn't work as well more importantly yeah so it's it's just grown from there and we're probably up to teaching 400 500 people a year um over Sort of various three days across the, the the year we've as of last year covid and lockdown and all that kind of thing we, we uh, transitioned to doing a lot of online stuff yeah um we always kept the format of our face-to-face -face training face-to-face -face, so we actually just postponed it for the year um and just concentrated on teaching people the principles of finding land and finding uh, and doing the project management side not the actual development in general because 
you can't I don't think you can teach that online and it's, it's very much a uh, it's a physical presence and talking to someone about doing it as well yeah yeah I, th I think from, from a, as you know I, I personally you know find sites online using various bits of technology that are now available and I think it's much more accessible than it ever has been um, in terms of you know you can find something find the owner get get in contact yeah. with them through LinkedIn or however, you know, there's, it, it's, it's quite easy to, easy to do these days. And for me, I, I, I firmly believe it's a kind of a bit of a land grab for those, um, you know, sites, which potentially have some value uplift. Um, and, you know, the, these, the landowners, as we both know, are getting bombarded left, right and center with, le with, with uh, left, right and center with letters um, and, and approaches. And it's just being able to convey, convey yourself in the best possible way so are, are, and in terms of your acquisition process now are you still actively looking for sites your, yourselves or do you employ someone to do that and the, the other question is or, or are, are you buying sites by our agents what's what's the approach for new acquisitions going forwards yeah I suppose for us we at the moment we're not looking at new sites um, right. we've got projects which will probably last us two or three years um so for now we're not looking um there's always an element that you need to continue to look at all the time but we're we're comfortable with what, with what we've got um previous to that a lot of the stuff was then started to to just be sent to us um we're showing people what we're doing we're teaching people as well so a lot of the time again we're, we're more than happy to join venture with people it's not it's not we, we don't set out to do that and, and join venture with anyone um it's only if it suits us and suits them um yeah there's always the opportunity that a student would need some sort of credibility and track record and i'm i'm all for sharing profit with someone to help them and to help us and do three to six deals a year um rather than just one massive deal and keep all the profits i'd rather share and help other people as well yeah okay and then in terms of, um, yeah, so you, you didn't mention, you didn't answer the question on terms of the uh, kind of day-to-day -day operation. Yeah. So so what, what's the roles that you, yourself and Andy play at the moment? How, how does that work? Uh, so at the moment, I concentrate on the training side, um, the growth of the business. We worked out probably far, about five years, four or five years ago now, probably, probably five years ago now, um, the way that me and Andy both work uh, because we're, we have the same goal and vision but we work in very different ways, which is great. And um, I think we're fortunate in the way that we, we do work really well together. Um, we didn't know that at first when we first started the business, but we've, we've worked and uh, gelled together. So I'm very much the, the visionary, the thinker, the, my, my head's in the cloud all the time, trying to think of the next thing. And, and I'm always about growth. But if you grow too quickly or too soon, um, you leave a load of crap behind and, it doesn't get dealt with so it can you can leave a load of shit in your trail basically so what andy's really good at is maintaining that um chaos that i cause um in a, in a nice <laughs> way um but he's really good at it. like he's a he's a good people person he's good at managing people and um, he's good at motivating people and and sort of chasing up and making sure things get done um so like the wealth dynamics is what we did and i was a creator i knew i, I knew i was always creating stuff um and I can't get away from that. I'm always thinking of the next thing. And I think that's what entrepreneurs kind of that sort of created always think. So um, we work really well. I create the ideas. I, I start rolling with it, but I need someone to help me follow it through. Cause I'll, 
if I didn't have Andy, I'd just be thinking of ideas and never do them as well. So that's another thing that we work really well with uh, together. So yeah, he works on the construction side more. So we've got a project manager in place, um, project managing our deals and Andy oversees him. Uh, Andy works closely with our financial director as well. Um, and I'm kind of just pushing in a, a more sales marketing um, person as well. So I'm always sort of social media and uh, I suppose the face of, of the business. Um, but yeah, we work really well together. We're, mm. We'll always work together because we know it's a, a really good dynamic. Um, we, we, I don't think we've really argued. We've never really argued at all. I know when he's annoyed and he knows when I'm annoyed, but we never get on top of each other and we just say, look, give him time. And then we sort of say, well, I can see that you're annoyed a little bit, but how can we work this out? What we can, uh, How can we get through this? And it's not, I'm annoyed at him or anything like that. I'm just, there might be stuff I'm thinking about. I'm taking too much on, I'm doing too much and it's just overwhelmed, but then we work it, work it out together. So um, yeah, we've, we've grown to work like that. At the beginning, we, we all did the same thing. Like he was yeah. coming to site visits. I was going to site visits. Uh, we were going to network events together and just, we did everything together basically. And I think that's the beauty of, as you develop, you, you know the bits that you want to do. And that's part, for, for me personally, that's part of the journey as well. Is actually, I don't want to do certain things. And if I can find somebody else who can do them for me, then I get to spend my time doing the good stuff, which yeah. it, it, for, for me is really important. You know, it's that kind of lifestyle part of, part of this journey is as important as, in some ways, is as, as important as the money as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to you've got to enjoy what you do. So there's yeah. no point doing something you don't enjoy. I mean, Andy, we hate filling forms out. Um, so when you get the lenders' forms that are about that thick, they go straight to our uh, sort of admin and that's well, nice. No, the admin that's a I suppose a bad word for her in the office. She's like the office manager, really, but she just does that for us. She yeah. didn't she didn't enjoy it herself, but she does it. She knows it's important. Well, we've all we've all had to play those roles in the past, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And and obviously you touched on it. Obviously we're in a, a, a what I consider to probably be one of the most difficult trading environments we'll hopefully ever see in terms of in terms of COVID. Um, obviously we're now as as we record this we're in a, a the third UK full lockdown, which uh, yeah is a, a bit of a bit of a nightmare. Um, what I re was really I was personally really impressed with, and we we had a bit of a chat about it at the time was how quickly you pivoted your business on the training side of things and you launched your kind of, I, I, I don't know the exact phrase that you use, but kind of land academy type type approach, uh, being an online, let's find land type type structure. Um, how long did it take you to kind of get that, get that planned and put that, put those wheels into motion? I think it was in March or April time, wasn't it? That you, you got, you got it yeah. moving fairly quickly. Yeah, so it was the 27th of March we launched it, but I think, I can't remember the exact date, but when lockdown was announced, we could kind of sense, I think everyone could sense at the beginning of March that something was happening. I think it was, wasn't until like the middle of March that it was confirmed, but I could sense that something was happening, that we were going to go into this lockdown. Obviously France and Italy and all that, those countries were going into it first. Um, and it was just, it was inevitable that we were going to go into it. So I kind of had an idea to do online training for a few years, but I just never did it because I like the face-to-face -face interaction with people. So I just never did it because I never needed to. Um, and I never really had any ideas of what to do when I, when I was uh, thinking about it anyway. But when this kind of 
thought of lockdown was happening, I, I kind of created um, the Land Sourcing Academy. I just thought, well, what are people going to struggle with? What can people do in the comfort of their own home? So then it's not something I'm teaching where they have to go out and do something. Um, and I thought, well, land, you can find that sitting there. You can find it sitting wherever you want. If you've got a Wi-Fi connection, you can find land. And you touched on it earlier that you've got uh, like software like Land Insight, Nimbus, MyPDA, uh, those kind of online, um, even Google. Google's a great tool to find deals. As long as you can find plots of land and find the owner, you can send letters off. And the best time to send a letter, when people are stuck at home. You know they're going to be at home. So I thought lockdown is a great opportunity to launch and teach people how to find land. And I didn't actually create it. I sold it and didn't know what I was teaching at that point. So, um, <laughs> but I knew I, I knew I knew it inside. I just knew I just needed to process and put it out there. So I created the modules and I thought, well, I'm going to do this rather than teach it over a three day course or a couple of days or um, record it myself and then deliver it. Um, what I did is I created the modules. I put it out as an eight week um, academy. So week one is basically understanding the local plans, understanding uh, things like the schla and, and basically setting homework. So I did it as a live um, course for the yep. people that purchased before the, the cutoff. Um, so I did a, a half an hour Q and A before, then I set out, say, right, I'm, I'm now gonna mute everyone. Um, I'm gonna record the of me, me teaching. And then right at the end, I'll open up a Q and A so you can ask questions based on that. But mm. um, now anyone that's taken on that course, they don't get the, the Q and A part, they get the teaching. So I was yep. creating the, the course as I went. Yeah. Um, but I knew what I was going to teach over the time. So everyone knew the modules were what they were going to be. So the first module is basically teaching people how to find deals. And then I set out um, a challenge to find a hundred sites in that week. And then accountability, they come back next week and they have to have those hundred sites. And then it every week was just homework and it was great. And the response I got back was, was amazing. And um, mm. the results that people were getting was, was awesome. And it just inspired me to think, well, why didn't I do this sooner? Why didn't I, why couldn't I create this sooner? But again, I, I didn't need to, I was, I like the face-to-face -face stuff, but um, yeah, it really helped. But just to, before we move on that, when lockdown was announced and as many people, I'm sure I, I was fearful for everything. I didn't know what was happening. I think the Sony unknowns, um, I remember there was a couple of days I, I was in tears. I didn't know. I thought the business was just going to go because we were a face-to-face -face company. Mm. Um, so we had to create something, we had to do something different. So it, it kind of, it did in, inspire me to, to think of something different and do something. And it, it worked, um, but it worked for the business, but it also helped a load of other people actually understand the basics of how to find deals more. So yeah, was, I look back on 2020 as one of the best um, business moves we've done. Yeah, well, it, you pivoted and it showed, it demonstrated that kind of tenacity and resilience that you, you could have said, look, we can't teach courses and that's the end of it. But instead, you've kind of moved into that, you know, what I would call information type products and, yeah, delivering that successfully. And, yeah, hopefully that that kept kept the cash coming in and, you know, paid, paid, paid for some of those cars you've got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, um, <laughs> we've got the Aston Martin later on, but it was more the 
I was fearful for the family. I was thinking, yeah, we're going to have to sell the house. We're going to have to sell, yeah, we're going to have to sell our lifestyle. Um, yeah. And yeah, those are the fears we had. And yeah, eventually we, we worked it through. But it's, it's that whole fight or flight. Like, yeah, we had to go and hustle. We had to go back out and do stuff again. I think if you rest on your laurels and you, you kind of, you don't grow and don't um, increase what you're doing, then you're always going to, sort of maintain and maintain can only go one way if you don't grow yeah yeah no interesting and then that leads me on nicely to your um because I, I know you used to one run your kind of annual um seminars where you take people to bali and was there croatia as well and I, my understanding of those i haven't attended one as you know but my understanding of those a lot of that was kind of goal setting for you know for the current year and for the for the years ahead um so that brings us kind of nicely into that as a segue. So how, how do you you guys approach, you know, setting your goals? And is there any of those that you could share with us today in terms of, you know, what, what the plans are going forwards in terms of, yeah, the, the, the years to come? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so the retreats that we run are more business related. So it's not, not necessarily about property. Uh, it's more about business and how to grow that. And um, the one of the biggest passions that I've got is business. I, I went into property because I wanted a business. It's not, I started a property business because I like property. It's I like business. So I've always had that desire to create business and, and run with it. I am quite a creative person. So anyone's business, any problem they've got, I really like solving problems. I really like thinking outside the box and think, well, that's the problem. What's the solution. And that's kind of where that retreat came from. Um, and we went, like a lot of people say, why can't you do it in Skegness? I said, well, you could, but it, it's not. Like, I can go and stay with my nan, she lives there. But um, it's just not the same, is it? It's not, you've got to switch off from everything. And the, only, one of the best ways we found and one of the passions I've got as well is to travel. So we said, well, Bali, let's go to Bali. That looks like a nice place. It's the other side of the world. It's an 18-hour flight to get there. That 18-hour flight completely takes your mind off things. Uh, and the other reason we chose that is because it is eight hours in front of the UK. So while their business back in the UK is sleeping, they're working on it in Bali. And then at three o'clock in the afternoon when kind of the UK wakes up, they can, if they need to carry on and take a few calls and emails and stuff. Cause yeah, at that point we're helping people get out of their business, not like, and, and grow it. So um, yeah, that was all about setting a 12 month goal and setting them a 12 month vision of, of kind of, what they need to do based on them setting a five-year plan so a lot of people don't do that but they set a five-year plan and um we basically set their goals based on what they want to achieve um but for us me and andy obviously new year now as of recording this um and one of the biggest goals i've got this year is is write another book and i've kept thinking about it doing last year and when we're in lockdown i thought oh, it's a great opportunity um and then just I just never got the time because you've know, got the kids running around and all sorts. So I thought, right, let's just write another book. Let's do something. So that is something I'm going to do this year. I'm going to write another book. Um, probably more based on property and more, more the mindset behind property as well. And a lot of the, the learnings we've, we've found over the time um, and to inspire people to start as well. So yeah, that was, that was one of the, the main goals for this year. Um, the others are to actually just to uh, not increase what we're doing, but to continue the build we're doing and, get them built we've got some uh, targets to get them finished by um obviously 
we're in lockdown, but construction can still continue. So that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, I think for, for us, yeah, we've just got to keep growing. Uh, we've got to keep moving. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me this year is, is get that book out and, and inspire people again. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, as, as you know, I, I, I bought the copy as well. I didn't get this one for free. So, and it's, it's been very well, been well read through. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, 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 and I guess one of the other, other things I wanted to talk about is, is kind of health as well. And I know that um, you, you had COVID, you tested positive for that as, was that towards the end of the summer, I think? Uh, October, yeah, around October right. time. Yeah, so, um, and yeah, obviously I know that the last couple of years, it's probably fair to say both Andy and yourself have cleaned up the act a little bit and cut the booze right down and, and you know, really focused on your kind of fitness, fitness goals. Um, are you are you modelling the same six pack that Andy is, or is that not not quite there at the moment? <laughs> no, not quite there. I um, I'm not as intense as Andy. Andy's very addictive. When he when he's on something, he's like I'm on it. Um, I, I my mind is uh, switched on and off. Like when I'm on it, I'm on it. But I kind of just gradually do things. Um, but yeah, health wise, probably last couple of years now, I've actually thought about looking after myself, but. Even back then, I didn't, I didn't think I needed to until I look back on photos now. But I've lost uh, two and a half stone in weight, which again I didn't think I needed to lose, but I, I needed to. Um, but yeah, now it's been it's been great. Like we've we've had time and found time to get a decent routine. Uh, and I think one thing you do find with a lot of successful people and a lot of um, wealthy people is they have a really good routine and mm. health and fitness is, is very key in that. Um, so we've, we've realized that we, we actually do need to sort of consider about health and fitness more as well, rather than just be work, 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 work. Um, and so I suppose the, the, the lifestyle we've got, I'm more of a kind of relaxed lifestyle and it is stressful, but I don't really get, let things get to me and I, I kind of work things through. Um, yeah, I find exercise is a great tool to switch off and actually think about the next thing as well. So walking, yeah. running, yeah, it's a great time to, to actually think about what to do and uh, take your mind off things. And, and do you think that that um, being, being in that kind of positive mindset and positive kind of fitness level helped, helped you recover from COVID as well? Because obviously I think you were, you were back at it quite quickly, weren't you? Yeah, and, and I never I didn't know anyone that had it before I got it like personally and obviously hearing a lot of things but um I, I picked it I just felt rough for a day and I thought this ain't this ain't great so I, I got I went to get a test just to say well I think this is COVID but I don't know and then the next day I was, I was just wiped out I was just so exhausted um it took me three days to really fully get back to my feet um but even then it took me 10 days to fully recover and in that moment, I, I kind of did reflect on thinking, well, actually, I, I'm fortunate because I am, I am healthy. And it made me think about, like, it took me 10 days to recover. So just thinking of the elderly and the vulnerable, like, I did feel from. So I put a post out saying, look, just don't, don't take COVID. We'll take it a little bit more seriously because we'd probably just be a bit blase about it and thought, oh, it's, it's just flu or something. But having had it and uh, it did sort of, um, made me realise it actually is a little bit more serious than what we probably all thought at first. So, um, yeah, it, health and fitness is, is key to anything. I think the healthier you are, the, the better you feel inside as well. Mm. 
no, I agree. I agree. And do you have a specific routine on a daily basis that you follow? Um, I know that, I don't know if you've read the Tim Ferriss book, Tools of Titans, which is quite interesting, where he, he, he does, he's done loads of interviews with, you know, really, really successful entrepreneurs and uh, business owners and things. And from that, there's, there's kind of a clear routine, you know, kind of meditation, fitness, et cetera, et cetera. Is, is that something that you, you stick to personally or how, how do you approach that stuff? Yeah, uh, funnily enough, I'm literally, I've just finished How to Win Friends and Influence People for the second time and I'm reading Tools of Titans next. So that's next to my right. bed. Um, no, so I'll be getting onto that. Yeah, I've yeah. been recommended it a few times. Um, it, it scares me that it's about this thick though. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, for, for me, the routine previously with when of Korean, we're in lockdown. So I'm, I'm actually in the playroom at the moment because <laughs> I've got my, my son doing some home study in, in the lounge on the computer. Um, and I'm in I'm in the playroom, hence the dartboard. And it's yeah, most people say that's up, that's at my height, but it's not. Um, <laughs> we, we, yeah, we, won't me, see, we won't see you down Ali Pally next year then for the Darts Jump. Oh, you don't know. Yeah, yeah you don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, for, for me, the the routine was six o'clock in the morning. I'd be at the gym. So I'd be up at half five. Um, I'd be at the gym at six o'clock, which suited me really well because previously my gym didn't open until half six. And my boys wake up at seven. So I kind of, um, I didn't want to miss that morning with them because they're off to school at eight, half eight. So if I was at the gym till half seven, I'm literally coming in as they're going out. So I've always thought I don't really want to miss that opportunity. So I used to only do half an hour sessions at the gym, but now I had a, a new gym that opened at six um, and CrossFit was something I really got into. Um, I did that, I was home by six, uh, seven, they were waking up at seven. I then spent an hour or so with them and helping them get get ready. Um, I would do one of the school runs or nursery run um, or both or, or the wife does it. So I've got that flexibility to, to take my kids to school if I need to. And I've also got the flexibility of picking them up as well if I want to. So um, not everyone that, is, that has a job is able to do that. And that's something I, I look back on when I did have a job that I, I wouldn't be able to do uh, because I used to leave at sort of seven o'clock and I used to get home at half five, six o'clock and they'd be in bed by seven. So it's, I, I do take that um, freedom uh, quite well as well. I, I enjoy that. Um, yeah, I'm always, I'm on a shake diet at the moment, which is a lot of people frown upon, but it's very nutritious. It's, it works well for me and it's been very sustainable for me. So um, I just find it easy. I, I, I don't like diets where I've got to think about cutting three quarters of a chicken up or I can have two broccoli stems or whatever. I decided to say, right, that's what I'm having now. Drink it, move on, and then have a, 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 pre, a prep meal for the evening as well. My wife's been telling me about the virtues of Brussels sprouts and I'm still not con convinced. <laughs> it's only because she's got a load left over from Christmas. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, because Christmas got cancelled for us, so like, like with everybody else. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Um, cool. So in, in terms of your plans for this year, um, I mean, from a personal perspective, I, I see that, you know, the, the, the kind of economic cycle that we're in, it, it's, it's worrying, um, but obviously it also creates opportunity. So I'm, I'm quite optimistic about things. Um, you know, personally, I find myself in cash and, you know, looking to invest into things. Um, and yeah, what, what, what's, your, what's your kind of outlook for the year and any, any top tips for the year? Well, I've, I was on a call this morning and um, I've never got into crypto or anything like that, but I've been told it's going to go crazy. Um, 
but I'm not telling you that, and that's what I've been told. But um, so I'm going to look into a bit of that this year. Um, we are creating, we're going to create some more online stuff because it's it's gone down really well. And the next things we want to do is more planning, um, like planning based uh, training, um, all development related. So money, uh, money, something people struggle with. So I want to do like a money uh, online training of how to find investors, how to find finance as well. Um, so that's something we're going to be focused on this year. But for, I think for anyone opportunities this year is just kind of do what you're passionate about as well. And if you're, if you're passionate about it, you'll, you'll carry on doing it. You'll, you'll keep doing something. So just think about what you are passionate about. What do you want to do? Um, and I was listening to uh, a talk on, on clubhouse, the new craze. Um, and it was about kind of what the opportunities are. And someone was saying about just do what you're passionate about. And I thought, well, how could that relate to someone that hasn't got, that doesn't know what they want to do? And I, I don't know why the, the thought in my head came to someone that really enjoys cooking. I thought, well, if you enjoy cooking, why don't you create mini videos of cooking certain things and then creating that online and sell it for £10? You'd have to sell it for a lot, but just sell what you're good at and what you enjoy. And yeah, that you'll suddenly find something and that's where business will then start growing. And then that might be then that person might um, sort of affiliate with uh, companies like HelloFresh or Gusto or something like that, or pre-prep meals and things. It's just teaching people something that they might be good at, but other people might not be. So you're just sharing what you're passionate about. I think it's the key to anything. Yeah, good. And, and in terms of your kind of, is there an inspirational message that you, you, you'd give out to people that are finding things tough, given that we're in the lockdown and it's, you know, gloomy January, um, you know, and some people inevitably will have lost their jobs. What, what's, you know, any message for, for people that are, you know, going through a tough time? Yeah, I think um, for anyone, obviously, when you're in that moment, it, it will feel like the weight is on your shoulder. You'll feel so, I've now experienced it as such, but you will feel really um, down, I'm sure. And the, the most important thing is it's not going to last. Um, things will get better. Um, you've got to focus on what you're passionate about and just be creative trying to think of the next thing or talk to people if you're not the creative person the best thing to do is is talk to other people that might, might be creative um ask them a question say well this is what i'm good at what could i do um so a lot of people just don't talk and i think if that's the case you're only as good as what you're telling yourself but if other people can tell you and help you out that's the that's the key so i know mental health is a massive thing that these days uh, we're starting to do a lot of things and raising money for mind as well so we know that uh, mental health could be a massive issue last year and this year um so i think the, the best advice i could tell people is if you are struggling just talk just open up and I, i'm happy to if you want to message me on instagram or anything like that or uh, chat to me and just ask a question I'll, I'll, I'll gladly help as much as i can so um yeah i'm a i'm a creative there's an idea i can come up with i'm happy to help Cool. Well, I think from my perspective, that that summarises everything I wanted to talk talk to you about. It's been really interesting having you on, and yeah, you know, you're you're our first guest. We were supposed to do this last year, but I had the builders in, and you've now got the builders in, so we yeah. managed to swerve swerve the noise. Um, but yeah, is is there one last takeaway for 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 the listeners, and 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 also where where can they find you guys in terms of socials and uh, YouTube and so on and so forth? Yeah, no, I think the, the main message is just remember that activity creates opportunity. Um, 
make sure you're, you're working on yourself and you're bettering yourself every day. Um, but yeah, if you want to follow us, the, the company's White Box Property Solutions, um, just put it in Google. There'll be YouTube channels and all sorts. Um, Instagram, follow me personally or the business. So I'm Lloyd.Girardi. Um, or the businesses white box ps uh, or white box property so you'll um yeah gladly help and find out and inspire as many people as possible cool here's to an amazing 2021 and thank you for your time lloyd pleasure no, thanks matt cheers thanks for listening to the growth show with matt Lindsay. please like our podcast and subscribe today